welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, featuring your host, Angela Harders. We're committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. Together, we believe that the world is our biggest and best classroom, and the people and places in it are our greatest teachers. So I invite you to join me on the adventure of a lifetime, beginning with a conversation that can change the world. Hello, and welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Harders, and we are committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. I am so excited to be able to share with you a very special guest that we have today. Her name is Evelyn Lavasser. Evelyn, thank you so very much for joining us today on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I so appreciate you inviting me here, and I absolutely love your idea of changing the world, but starting at home. I love that. Thank you. Um, we are super, super glad to have you here. Um, but before we could begin, can you, would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself, your family, and a little about your story? Yeah, sure. So I am Evelyn Lavasser. I own um, Evelyn Lavasser Fitness. And I think that the title of my company is a little bit confusing to people because when you hear the word fitness, you think of food and exercise. Um, But really, I focus on physical fitness, spiritual fitness, mental fitness, um, emotional fitness, all the things that make you you because food and exercise do not determine you as a human being. Um, And I also focus hugely on our actions as parents and how those actions and those thoughts and those choices shape the legacy that we're leaving for our children. And I want my legacy to be one of health. Um, I want my daughters, I have two daughters, I want them to grow up and feel confident in who they are and not have to focus on what they look like. I want them to be impactful and empathetic and kind, but also strong and heavy on the boundaries. Um, I want so much for them. And I know that as parents, we do want a lot for our children, but so often we wish it for them. And I'm trying to live it for them. I want to be the living, breathing model that shows them what confidence and comfort in your own skin looks like. That is incredible. I feel like there's so many things in what you just said that I, I want to <laughs> unpack. I mean, it's just, that's amazing. I love that you started out by talking about that. When most people think of fitness, we do, we think about dieting. We think about exercise. At least that's what I think of when I think of fitness. Um, but you're absolutely right. There's so much more to, to fitness and to health and to wellness than just our physical health. Um, that's fascinating. And I'm wondering is, is health something that has been something that has, um, been important to you for a long time, or is that something that you've has kind of evolved over the years or how has your health journey gone? You know, so it, it definitely has evolved. Um, I used to believe that healthy meant smaller. Mm. Um, and I grew up really, I grew up believing that, you know, as a younger kid, 
and up until college, I was super fit, got a ton of um, acknowledgement for my body. And it, it became so much acknowledgement that I took it on as a part of who I was. So when I went to college and I put on a little bit of weight, I kind of lost myself. And I figured like, if I didn't have this great body, then, then who was I? And that's when I found dieting. And at the time, let me tell you, I loved it because it was like, Ooh, I could just manipulate my food a little bit and change my body very quickly. I mean, granted I was 19. So of course that was going to be a fast fix. Right. But over time, trying another diet and failing at that diet and gaining weight, let me go back when the diet failed me, let me say that properly. Cause I didn't do anything wrong. That diet failed me because it wasn't mm. meant for me, but I didn't learn. I didn't learn that my weight was just a byproduct of other things. I thought that I just needed to handle the food and exercise and I would finally lose the weight. I think that I think that growing up constantly getting attention for what I look like kind of taught me to seek validation outside of myself. Mm -hmm. And when I stopped receiving the accolades and I stopped receiving that outside validation, I started to search for it in this constant pursuit of shrinking myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I feel like my, my lessons were a little bit layered. Um, it wasn't until I, um, got married and my husband wanted kids immediately. And, um, you know, within a couple of years of being married, we did try and I got pregnant very quickly. Um, and I lost the baby very quickly. Oh, and no. then, yeah, um, we tried again, you know, the doctors tell you the first time is very normal that you can, um, miscarry. Mm -hmm. Um, so we tried again about, you know, several months later and I got pregnant again very quickly and I carried almost halfway through my pregnancy and I lost the baby again. Um, oh goodness, that must've been devastating. I'm so sorry. Devastating. I thank you. You know, it, I think that, I think that people in general don't know what to say when you're going through something like that. But the fact is that the second that you find out that you're pregnant, you have hope. You put thought into your future. You start, you have a relationship with this person inside of you. So when you lose a baby like that, it definitely changes you. And it, it, it hurts in a way that isn't really tangible because a lot of people will say, you know, but you never even met the baby, you know, but there, there's so much attached to it. Like, I remember feeling like I didn't trust my own body or like, I felt like I was, I felt like I was a little defective. Like, why can't I just do this? Um, and I remember like, I don't know if you believe in the higher power, but I, I, I remember, do. I remember fighting with God and I remember begging God, like begging, just let me do this. I know that I am meant to be somebody's mother. Um, so a year later, my husband and I kind of, you know, decided to try again. And this time I got pregnant and I was a uh, high risk. So I had to go in for constant updates and, and uh, checkups. And every week I was like, this is the time they're going to tell me the baby's gone. Like, I know, oh, I just know. So I should have been very happy 
People tell you that you're glowing. And I was happy, but I was terrified, like terrified to let myself feel that hope, terrified to let myself get excited. Um, but in February of 2009, uh, I had my baby girl and oh my gosh, let me tell you, I, I, I can tell this story a thousand times and it always feels fresh. Like I remember the doctor putting her next to my face and I could feel my lungs fill for the first time. Like I could just breathe Mm. for the first time. And, and, and that's when I remember telling God, like, I promise you, I'm not just going to be a good mother. I'm going to be an exemplary one. Mm. Um, and that's when I started to shift a lot of my conversation and to be aware of my actions and to be hyper vigilant about the way I was living so that she could have this chance at life so that she could, you know, be bred in strength and not in security. Mm. Um, but the difficult thing was, and I didn't realize this until much later that I was shifting the conversation for her. I Mm. was shifting my teachings for her, but I wasn't really living, feeling that strength and confidence for me. Um, so when, when my daughter was about 10, we went to a picnic. It was my husband and my two daughters. Now I have two little girls. And, um, this is when everything changed for me. So they had gotten out of the pool. I served them lunch, like a burger, I don't know, burger salad, maybe some corn. And a woman says to my 10 year old, honey, if you want to keep that figure, you better lay off those burgers. And yeah, my face did that. Um, yes. 10 year old. He was 10. Now, I mean, you shouldn't say that to anyone, but especially to a a child, that's crazy. It's crazy. And it's so super telling about how women feel about body and relationship with food in general. Like, I feel like when I stopped raging, because I was pretty raging at that moment, when I stopped raging, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like we we're part of the problem. Mm. Like we want amazing things for our kids but we teach them to shrink. We teach them to fit in a box. We teach them that with a statement as simple as if you want to keep that figure, you better lay off the burgers. A a, a simple statement like that has so many different lessons. And it's so like, it's just so clear how deeply rooted our own issues and our own relationships with our bodies are. Um, So I knew like that in that moment, I knew that if I was going to really have any impact on other women, if I was going to really, truly raise my daughters in strength and confidence, then I needed to heal me first. Mm -hmm. I needed to really shift my mindset and realize that my value is not at all attached to my appearance. And I had to reconnect with my intuition because dieting for so long had taken me away from me. And then I could focus on the health parts, you know, the stress, the sleep, the water, the food, the exercise, but it was like in layers of peeling away, peeling away this need to look a certain way, to feel validation and acceptance and realizing that I am worthy and I am enough simply because I open my eyes and I exist. 
Like I don't need anything more than that to have value, to have impact, to do what I promised God I was going to do anyway. Yeah. You mentioned something that we, we, we push for girls in particular to shrink. And I know that you were talking about physical shrinking, you know, losing Mm. weight, trying to be as skinny as we can. But I I think that you really hit the nail on the head there, because I think it's not just a physical shrinking that we're trying to push girls and women to, to do. I truly Mm. believe, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm seeing this for the first time that it's not just a physical shrinking. Mm -hmm. It's an emotional shrinking. It's a spiritual shrinking Mm -hmm. um, that we're trying to, to push on them. And I mean, what a powerful realization that, you know, like we want these things for our daughters. We want our daughters to grow up without having those insecurities or those fears. But then at the same time, being able to see that I have work to do myself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's definitely something that I've struggled with. I, you know, I grew up, I was really fit growing up. Um, and then right around puberty, um, my, my parents ended up putting me on birth control when I was like 12, mm-hmm. you know, cause I had really painful cramps and I gained like a hundred pounds, um, in like two years or something like that after being on the birth control. And ever since then, I've just constantly struggled with, with my weight. And it's Mm -hmm. been, it's been a a struggle for me. And I see now as a mom that my own insecurities and my own fears about having to get down to a certain size or to be a certain weight. Um, I can see that I have those same fears and anxieties about my own daughter and worried about what her health is going to look like, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I'm just wondering, like, you know, how do you, how do you handle that? Like, how do you handle healing yourself first in order to be able to pass on that healing to your daughter so that they're not continuing that same cycle that Mm -hmm. you found yourself in? Mm -hmm. I think it starts with, I know for me, it started with questioning. And I mean, questioning every thought feeling that I had. And I, I, this is the thing I love now that when, when a little thought sneaks up in my head, (laughs) I can stop it dead in its tracks and ask, is this a fact or is this a feeling Mm -hmm. like, and then because if, if it's a fact and there's nothing that I can do about it, then there's nothing I can do about it. But if it's a feeling that I'm choosing, then I have power. You Mm. know, I think that, I think that questioning yourself and releasing, releasing a lot of the lessons that we learned is the very first step in healing. But then I also think that questioning has to lead to action and making a different choice. So like, for me, it's little things like when I grew up, you sat at the dinner table and you didn't get up until your plate was empty. Right. Me too. So, so many people are like me too. (laughs) It's the truth. And I don't think that, I think that my parents, um, you know, both came from very difficult backgrounds and a lot of that thinking was you eat what you have because we don't have a lot. Um, so, but really unintentionally, the lesson that I learned was I couldn't trust my body. I couldn't trust whether I was hungry or full. I had to instead trust the adult that told me they know better, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like for me, that was like a big 
step in disconnecting from my own intuition. That was me learning like, Evelyn, you can't trust your own body. You have to do what somebody else tells you. So that's why it was so easy for me to like fall victim to dieting, right? Because a diet tells you, Ooh, if you just follow steps X, Y, and Z, you're going to get this result. Um, but really dieting in and of itself does the same thing, removes you from your own instinct. Mm. Um, so I think that, I think that that was a huge step for me in beginning the path to healing was the questioning and to rewrite the stories and to know that, that every step I took that made me feel good, brought me a sense of power and a sense of centeredness and a sense of knowing that all the things around me, all the hurt that I felt doesn't have to be carried by my daughters. If I can release it, I release them. Wow. That's powerful. So in your perspective, then would you view healing more as something that we're constantly doing like for the long term, or is it something that you feel like that that you've already accomplished? Like I've already healed that part of my life and now I'm moving forward to something else. Well, I feel like, I feel like healing tends to happen in layers. Like Mm. you kind of, you open up a little bit of it, you acknowledge it, you work to fix, you know, that mindset or that thought process or whatever. And then something else is uncovered, you know, I feel, but I feel like some of it is healing and some of it is just natural growth. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you heal certain areas of yourself, you allow yourself to grow in those areas as well. So the healing is what triggers the growth, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I think that it kind of sets you on this journey of constantly evolving. Yeah. Constantly growing. Constantly. So, um, I know that you mentioned that you did a lot of dieting in the past. I'm wondering, is that something that you still do today? Like, do you still diet or how would you say that you relate to food now? So I finally was able to let go of, I have not dieted in a very long time. Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) I know, oh, just, just the word diet can like trigger these nasty emotions in my head because I remember feeling like. I would say, I would say to myself, you just have no self-control. You have no motivation. You have no discipline. Like if you were just dis, if you could just control yourself, you'd be fine. Um, but really, I think a lot of us feel that way. Yes. Yes. And, and I think the pressure, the pressure to lose what we call, you know, baby weight or get back down to your pre baby size is like that, that pressure is real, but I feel like if you break things down, right, if you break it down and look at your real priorities, your kids do not care about what size you are or how you look in a dress or if you have a muffin top or if you have cellulite, they don't care. They want you here. They want you present. They want to smile with you. They want to go to the beach and go in the water with you. They want to go for a walk. They want to lay on the floor and paint rocks with you. They don't care what you look like. And all the while we're saying we want to be smaller but we don't even know why Mm. that size really at the end of the day, that size means nothing to you. You know, that, you know, like that number means absolutely nothing. What you want is to feel confident. What you want is to feel comfortable. What you want is to feel accepted. And those things do not come from a body. Mm. That's the hard part is realizing that chasing. You're like, 
preaching over here to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like chasing that body. And let me tell you, I'm only saying it. And and I'm so passionate about letting that go because it controlled me. It controlled me. It controlled the way I ate. It controlled the way I drank. It controlled the way I slept. It controlled the way I exercised. I used to exercise almost like a punishment. Oh, I ate bad. Now I need to do more cardio. Mm. I did this like, you know, um, or I ate a donut. Now I have to increase this. Like it, it was now I exercise because I can, I exercise because I'm grateful for this body that I hope is going to be here for my daughters for a long time. Um, and I don't do anything intense. Like I do like to lift weights, but that's because I love a challenge and I love to be able to stand next to my husband and be like, yeah, I lifted that just like you did. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm a little competitive. Um, but the perspective shift is now it's not that I feel like I have to do these things to be smaller. It's that I want to do these things because I want to be here for my kids. I want to be I want to be the best version of myself every day of my life. And that comes with making myself a priority. And I'm not just talking about food and exercise. I'm talking about taking quiet time for myself, making sure that I sleep, setting clear boundaries and not letting people infiltrate my positive energy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like all of that has to do with taking care of yourself. And I think, I think one of the biggest things for me is that especially when you become a mom, people expect for you to neglect yourself. Mm. And I mean, neglect yourself in all ways. And the more exhausted you are, the more you do for everyone else, the more you prioritize everyone else, the more you're seen as a good mom. Like she's such a good mom because she takes care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I want to change that and acknowledge that being a good mom to me means raising my daughters to see themselves the way I see them. It means that I equip them with this foundation that's rock solid so that when outside things like diet culture and social media and all the things that they're going to experience, when those things try to get in their heads, they already know, they already know their value. I don't want my actions to teach them that Hey, you can be anything you want to be, but as soon as you become a mom, you have to let all those dreams go. Mm. You know, I don't think that being a good mom means ignoring myself. I think being a good mom means taking the best care of myself so that my kids get the best version of me. Wow. I love that. That's totally, that's a a powerful statement that being a good mom is being able to take care of myself. Mm -hmm in order to be able to take care of my children. And that if I, as a mom, am neglecting myself, I'm not going to be able to care for them in the way that they deserve. And I'm not modeling what that looks like for them to take care of themselves, which ultimately is what we want our children to be able to do. We want them to be able to grow up and leave our home and to be able to care for themselves. And part of that is setting boundaries, just like you said. Um, But, you know, as a mom, we wear all these different hats, right? We're, We're a mom, we're a wife, we're um, caregivers were the chauffeur sometimes. And in your case, you're a business owner as mm-hmm. well. I- I'm wondering how do you, how do you manage all of these different things that you have in your life and still find that time to care for not just your physical health, but your mental, emotional, mm-hmm. spiritual health. How do you balance all those different important aspects of caring for you? So that's, that's a loaded question. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's a loaded question. Just because I think that when we think of balance, we think that everything's equal and it's not, you know, I am, I'm heavy on the boundaries. I do not allow um, things, people, places, spaces into my world that don't make me feel good. So Mm. I feel like heavy on the boundaries is my first step. The second one is to really be intentional with my time. Um, Mm. You know, one example is I love to read. So I wake up about 20 minutes before my kids and I drink my coffee. Hallelujah. Drink my coffee, (laughs) (laughs) Um, a little lamp on and I read. Um, I make sure like I think the thing is to put the things that are important to you in your schedule, just like you would a doctor's appointment or an appointment with your boss or an appointment with a client. Um, I walk every day of my life, every single day of my life, just because I know that I um, sleep better. I feel better. You know, I am rested. I am more relaxed. I am more present because just taking that chunk of time for myself to literally be connected just for me when I get off the treadmill or come back from my walk, then guess what? I show up as the best version of me. Um, So I feel like it is difficult to find that balance, but it's not really always a balance. Some days I'm going to put my schedule in so that I'm heavy on the stuff I have to take care of at home. Some days it's blocked out and well, the house is not getting cleaned the way that I want it to because I'm focusing on business things. Um, and, you know, and delegating. That's another thing. I feel like as moms, <laughs> we feel like the things have to get done by us mm. when really the things have to get done. And there are lots of other people that are capable of, of helping stepping in. Yeah. That's wonderful. You're absolutely right. I think it, it is easier a lot of times for us as moms to just try to think that we're the ones that are responsible to take care of everything. And we don't realize like part of teaching our children and helping them to prepare to be adults is giving them those opportunities to participate in the caring Mm -hmm. for our home and caring for our space um, and being a part of those, those I like to call them care tasks. I don't like to call them chores um, because for me, I feel like when I say chores, I think of, you know, something, it just brings up all these like negative emotions for me. And so we actually call them care tasks. um, I love that. It communicates more of what they are. Like these are things that we do tasks that we do in order to care for ourselves and the other people that are, that are living in our space. Um, but yeah, to being able to, to delegate those responsibilities and even inviting our children to do them with us. Um, I think to a little bit of like, um, I think a little bit has to do with also like managing your expectations. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need, I used to, I used to have to have the house perfectly clean and I couldn't go to sleep unless, you know, the house looked like a magazine. Um, and I, I had I've never to learn. had that problem. Oh my gosh. It's a, it's such an issue. Like I would, I would literally be like fluffing couch pillows and putting dishes oh, wow. away at like 11 PM. I remember when my oldest Jaden was crawling around, I used to mop the floors every night. Who does that? Not me. who does that? No. And then you're exhausted and cranky, right? You didn't get enough sleep. You're cranky. So it's like, I think that managing your expectations has to, is, is a big, is just big because 
if you can, <laughs> if you can tone your own expectations down, not only does it alleviate your stress, but it alleviates your frustration with other people. Like yeah. I remember my husband, my husband's a little messier than I am. Okay. And I would There's gotta be one. There's gotta be every couple has to have one. It has to be. <laughs> and it's him, but I would I would just walk around like cleaning stuff and then and then be angry cleaning, like picking stuff up and putting it away and irritated and you know, but I wasn't communicating what I needed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't communicating what I wanted. I could have just said, you know, Armand, like I could I I would really love it if you just did this. And I wasn't saying that I was expecting him to know it mm. because I felt like it was something that should just be done, but I wasn't, I wasn't clearly communicating what I needed, but then I was also like holding on to this frustration and resentment almost. So I think, you know, checking my, checking myself and saying like, Evelyn, people do not just read your mind. People do not just know what you want and need. And at the end of the day, to be able to say that my kids are happy and healthy and fed, and I was present and they went to sleep knowing that they were loved and cared for and prioritized, then the floors don't get washed or the dishes don't get done tonight and the pillows don't get fluffed. Like I'm okay with that. You know, I, um, I had a friend once and she was sharing with me that she would do a a to-do list. I don't know if you do to-do lists as well. Um, I'm a list maker, so I love to make a to-do list. Um, And she said at the end of the night, she was so frustrated because she hadn't done anything on her Mm to-do list. And she said she was laying there in bed and she was praying. Um, She hadn't done anything on her to-do list. And she was like, God, I, I didn't finish anything that I needed to get done today. I didn't finish anything on my list. And she said, she just felt like the Lord was telling her, no, you didn't finish what you had to do on your list, but everything that was on my list got done. And I was like, it was so like such like a mindset shift for me to be able to see that. Yes. Maybe I didn't do everything that was on my list of all the, you know, all these things that we have on our schedule that we set aside for ourselves to do, Mm -hmm. but to be able to look and say, no, I, I accomplished everything that God intended me for to accomplish today everything that he intended for me to accomplish today, I did. Um, and whether that was the dishes or not, it, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I was present with my child, as you mentioned, I was present <sighs> with them. I was able to read, I was able to spend some time alone, you know, whatever that might look like. And then to stop punishing myself for not checking off my to-do list necessarily, but to be able to have grace and, and sleep in peace at night that mm-hmm. yes, I did everything that God intended for me to do today. That is such a beautiful shift. That's such a beautiful shift to be able to say, like, I think it just, it helps you prioritize what it is you really want and what it is you really need. And yes, everybody loves a clean house. I mean, I know I love a clean house, but more than that, I love when my daughter, you know, hugs me to fall asleep. I love, you know, when I can sit on the couch when the kids are asleep and spend time with my husband. I love, like, I love, I love the moments. Mm-hmm. I love the moments. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're right. You know, our, our kids aren't going to be stressed over the dishes or the mm-hmm. laundry or, you know, I mean, they will be eventually because we taught them that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we're stressing it, eventually they will. That is true. That is true. That is true. I never thought about it. Like, you that. know, I think about like, <laughs> so with my girls, I, I, 
feel like, you know, when you start to question yourself and you start to see like the impact of your actions, you ask all the time. Like I say, my daughters, they have, you know, uh, charts of things that they need to get done daily and they do them. Um, Alexa reminds them, but um, they will care for their home because they have that foundation, but also they will know that being present for their family is more important. And I think like, I want when they get older, not to say, oh, mommy was so crazy. She wanted the house spotless all the time, but I want them to say, oh my gosh, do you remember that time we got flashlights and played hide and seek in the dark? Or do you remember when we got up in the middle of the night and went and laid out at the pool and watched the stars? You know, like I want, I want them to think of their childhood and yes, know that they always felt secure and cared for in a home that was taken care of. But I also want their memories to be positive ones. I want them to think about being a kid and feeling all the good feelings. Yeah. Well, and especially in today's society, I feel like we, we push kids to grow up so quickly And to be able to help them preserve that childhood for a little bit longer, I think is a beautiful gift that we can give to them. 100%. Yeah. But um, that's incredible. I I love the way that you are communicating the importance of caring for yourself and caring for your home while at the same time emphasizing to your daughters the importance of relationship Mm -hmm. um, over, over any thing or any other tasks that we might have on our plate, because at the end of the day, you know, what does it matter if your house is spotless, but you don't have a positive, loving, connected relationship with your kids, you know? Yeah. And I, when you look at it, like the, what's the impact of striving for perfection? And I'm talking about with your body, with your home, with work, like striving for perfection really only takes away from the people that you claim to be doing this for. You say that, you know, I love my family. I'll do anything for them. Then what is anything? I feel like when you say, I love my family, I'll do anything for them. I think that anything is doing the work on you. That's the anything. Mm-hmm. Everything else will fix itself, but they need you. Yeah, they really do. And and they they need parents that you mentioned that are not stressed and not anxious and not angry all the time. Um, and actually I, I made a post about this recently, um, on my Instagram that I, I was really reflecting on laughter, you know, and play. And I was thinking, what if we were to measure our success as parents by the number of times that we laugh with our kids instead of their grades or how clean their room is or how nice the house is or how big it is or or how much stuff we have, how many toys are in the playroom. What if I was to measure my success as a parent by how many times a day we left? Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And it was, it was, it, you know, it's something that I, I think about. I'm like, you know, is, is my home one where we laugh regularly? And I don't know, I, I, I feel like I can be a serious person and I don't really think about just being able to be joyful with, with my children and be Mm. silly and goofy and, um, laugh like that, you know, Mm. I don't know. Is that something you've ever thought about before? I've never thought about it like that. I mean, I do try to intentionally, um, I think I generally am a, a, a more calm, relaxed person. Um, I do, I do struggle a little bit with, 
like vulnerability. That's something that I'm definitely working on, but I love to laugh and I love to be silly. And I love like, there is nothing that my kids giggles can't help, you know, like there's no feeling that I've had no amount of frustration or anger that I could hold on to when they are just giggling away. So I do try to make, I do try to make more time for that, but I never thought about it in the way that you just phrased it. Like if we measured, if we could measure the success of our parenting by that, that's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I, gosh, I I know we're running out of time, but I feel like there's so many things that, um, that I wanted to talk with you about. Like I wanted to get into conscious parenting and gentle Mm. parenting and all those different things. Um, I would love to have you back as a guest in the future. So we can absolutely more about those aspects of parenting, but I think, um, this conversation has been such a blessing for me. And I know my audience as well is going to really appreciate your wisdom and your insight and just reminding us that health is not just physical, although the physical health is important, um, but it is not just physical. And that one of our most important roles as a, as a mom is to be able to model um, a healthy physical life, spiritual life, mental, mm-hmm. emotional life for our children. Mm-hmm. Um And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful message, um, for every mom to be able to really reflect on and, um, and, and think about, consider how we can apply that, um, to our own lives and to put in that work that, you know, you've spent so much time Mm -hmm. and energy into investing that work, not only for yourself, but also making that kind of healing and holistic Mm -hmm. approach to health available to all these other women. Um, and so before we go, I want to Um, just ask real quick. Um, I know you have your business. I know you do so many different things. Um, How can people get connected with you and with the work that you're doing in the world? So I am um, at Evelyn Lavaster Fitness, both on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, my website is evelynfit.com. And um, Yeah. So I, I recently started a YouTube channel as well. Um, Evelyn Lavasser fitness. You'll get to see a little bit of my family. I love to incorporate the girls. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could be reached anytime and I do, you know, one-on-one coaching, uh, mindset and nutrition coaching, um, and nutrition audits. Um, but I think that I just want women to know that like you can want, you can want to change your body for your health, but don't ever think that being a smaller version of yourself is the answer because you can diet and diet like I did, and you will just end up a smaller version of your unhappy self. You have to, you have to do that inner work. And the craziest part is, is that when you start to do that inner work, when you start to heal and you start to unlearn and you start to unpack your body changes almost on its own. Wow. It's, in, it's incredible to see how the outside starts to reflect the inside. Well, I, I certainly hope that that is something that will happen for me. Cause you know, I'm someone that has, you know, I've struggled with my weight, as I mentioned and dieting and I've tried to mm-hmm. gosh, it feels like hundreds of different diets that will like work temporarily and then not. And, 
um, and just, you know, feeling frustrated with my, with my body, actually even doing this podcast was a huge thing for me because, you know, I, I felt like, um, I had this story in my head, not my, not my facts, my feeling, I had a feeling, um, I had a feeling that people wouldn't want to listen to what I had to say because of my weight and the way that I look at my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even just doing this, this, um, my YouTube channel and this podcast has been a real stretching and a part of my own healing and being mm-hmm. able to say, even though I, I am the size that I am, I am the weight that I am. I still have something valuable to contribute mm-hmm. to the world just mm-hmm. as I am. Mm-hmm. And every day I'm putting in the work to be physically healthier, mentally healthier, emotionally healthier, spiritually healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I love the idea of just thinking of it in the sense of like the way we look is the least relevant part about us mm. in the sense that how we impact people, the way we show up, our words, the way we treat people, all the things that we deem important in our life. If we listed priorities of how we feel and how we want other people to remember us, the way we look never makes the list, Mm. you know? So we, in our heads, tell ourselves how important that is, but the way we live, we prove to ourselves over and over and over again, that it's not important at all. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, actually, I wrote a poem about that. I'll have to send it to oh, you. Oh, I would love to read it. Hear it. Um, but I wrote a poem basically that shares that same sentiment that um, you, the last line of the poem is that the house that you see is not me. Yes. And, um, and it, yes. it's so true. You know, like I am not this body that I live in. Like this mm-hmm. body carries me, but it is not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, you're, you're absolutely right. I love the way that you view, um, just humans in general, yeah, humans yeah. and health and wellness and, and our, our purpose in this bigger mm-hmm. mission to be able to create loving, connected relationships with the people in our lives. And that starts with ourselves. 100%, 100%. Yeah. All right. And I will make sure that I share all of those, uh, links that Evelyn shared. Uh, I will put them in the description and in the show notes so that anyone who wants to be a part of the amazing work that you're doing, um, will be able to connect with you and, I am so looking forward to also sharing your YouTube channel. I didn't know you had one. That's yeah. so fun. Um, and so we'll put the links for her YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, her website, all those other things. So you can continue to get connected with Evelyn and stay connected with her and the amazing work that she's doing. Thank you all so much. To those of you who are uh, tuning in today, I hope that this episode was as much of a blessing for you as it has been for me. Thank you so very much, Evelyn, for for being on the show. And I hope I will get to have you on again in the future so we can talk more about, about parenting. Yeah. Um, I would love to come back. I would love that. (laughs) That would be wonderful. All right. So, uh, please go ahead and, um, share this episode with your friends and family. If this is one that really resonated with you. And, um, as you know, I've released new episodes every Tuesday. So stay tuned for the episode next Tuesday. Have a wonderful day. I hope it is as wonderful as you are. Join us next Tuesday on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Harders, and I hope that your day is as wonderful as you are. If you like this video, please make sure you subscribe and click the bell so you will not miss out on a single episode.